It's Wednesday, the 24th of March. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. I'm Tim Gilbert. I'm joined by my co-host, Shane Lee. Now, Shane, I know that our podcast is listened in other parts of Australia and around the world, but where we live in Sydney, New South Wales, we're finally, finally got some blue sky, mate. It has been as wet as I can remember. Mate, I can't wait to get outside, mate. Hopefully it's going to be dry enough by Friday for a round of golf, mate. Yes, exactly. Yeah, well, well I think a lot of people <laughs> will be looking to lunch and a lot of junior sport will be having their fingers crossed because they've got trials and everything else that these fields dry out nice and quick. Now, exciting news. The Chris Gale signed cricket bat, the Spartan bat, will go off on Friday. We'll be giving it to someone who follows us on Twitter or Facebook. So do that, Afternoon Sport, Facebook or Twitter, and that beautiful signed piece by Chris Chris Gale will go off on Friday. On the show today, we're going to talk all things tennis. Jaslyn Hewitt is in the house and John Stephenson. Well, this is a big story, this. Ahead high shots, Paul Kent on NRL 360. He went off like a frog in a sock, having a crack at the NRL, saying they lack courage in their decision-making because Felicity Kafusi down there in Melbourne only copping two weeks and Watini Zelezniak only getting two weeks. And uh, and the players that, that got hit, particularly like Nathan Cleary, is going to miss uh, this game tomorrow night, it looks like. Yep, and not a week goes by when Paul Kent is not making a big statement, is it? Um, look, NRL, it's a contact sport. And uh, I don't think they're too soft at all. I think they're they're managing it quite well, Tim. I think, yeah, it's unfortunate. Cleary missing the game, which is the grand final rematch, will make a big difference to the to the Panthers team. But uh, I don't think they're too soft at all. Oh, I don't know. Look, I, I can see his point, though. Like You've got Boyd Corden, who's not back till round 12. You've got Jake Friend, who's out. It's a difficult subject. You've really got to come hard. That, look, they went back and they showed that vision of Daryl Brumman getting hit by Les Boyd in the jaw and smashed his jaw and in the event sued him. I think concussion is is the big thing though. Like you cannot allow those kinds of moments to go by because you you may face some real challenges going forward. Not only for uh, the game itself, but m- m- primarily the health of the individual. Yeah, hundred percent. And um, I'm all for uh, protecting players, particularly um, whilst on the on the field and and looking looking after their life after sport. But it is a contact sport, Tim. And I think if if we if we go too far, it'll be a game of touch football in the end. If you look at the UFC, like how that sport gets any coverage at all with what they do to their bodies, I don't know. But I think there's got to be a bit of a balance here. Yes, um, we've got to protect the players. The head-high shots are not acceptable. But, you know, we can't go over the top. Otherwise, it will be a game of touch football in about five years' time. It's going to be interesting to watch this space. I mm. think that many people were disappointed to see, you know, Zelezny finish. And I like Dallin. He's a nice young bloke. Finish mm. the game and, and, you know, one of the stars of the game gets carted off. Uh, let's have a look at AFL. Um, it was interesting what Nick Revolt said. He said when one of the players uh, embraced Adam Trelaw at the start of that Collingwood-Western Bulldogs game, it was the wrong messaging. Uh, what he's basically saying is that they can't be friends on the sporting field when they're the opposition. Now, you were a former elite sportsman. How did you find that? Could you have plenty of mates you played against? Yep, and uh, I actually agree uh, with Rewalt there. I think um, the, the last thing you want to do, particularly if someone's changing teams or clubs, is to make them feel comfortable. Um, you could tell they're, they're obviously good friends off the field, and they have been, and, and it was unfortunate how Trelaw was treated by Collingwood. But to make him feel welcome straight away um, probably really did do a big disservice to to the Pies. Um, you can always uh, 
you know, shake hands and uh, have a beer with your mate after the game. But, yeah, I agree with him on that. Um, you don't want to make them feel comfortable on the field, that's for sure. What about the money in the NFL? <laughs> this is, uh, you know, show me the money. This is $100 billion TV deal. It doubles where they were at before. And one of the fascinating things for me is where it's all going. It's all being sliced up like it has been for a little while in in, in NFL, like a little bit over to ESPN, some goes to CBS, you see some going to Amazon Prime, and, and we could see that reflected in Australian sport. 100%, mate. So $100 billion deal, double as you said, unbelievable for the NFL. Um, Amazon's a new big entrant there, uh, coming in, I think it's $1 billion a year for 11 years. It's their biggest investment, but that only takes up 10.5% of the overall deal. Huge money. And I think this is going to be a real flow-on effect to particularly the AFL and to the NRL where sport is clearly the number one um, commodity um, for any TV rights deal. People have to watch sport live and they want to watch it live. So that's where the money follows. And um, yeah, fingers crossed for local. I, I always thought that potentially the the NRL and the AFL will have to take their own sort of rights in-house and manage their own game. But uh, it appears that with these new players like Amazon, uh, rights deals could go off a little bit longer, which means great for sport in this country. Yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because Stan's now got the rugby and they're, they're building what they're, they've got there. And you've got Amazon Prime coming in. They've got the rights to swimming up until the Olympics. So it is starting to uh, make an impact here. As, as And I think COVID fast-tracked a lot of you know the streaming services as they all went off. All right, there's plenty to talk about. And, and look, give us your thoughts. Um, obviously, follow us on uh, Facebook or Twitter, Afternoon Sport it is. And there's some contentious issues. We'd love to hear from you. And remember, there is a signed cricket bat from Chris Gale, a Spartan signed cricket bat. Follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook, and we are going to give the Chris Gale signed bat away this Friday. Coming up on Afternoon Sports, so much tennis about. It looks not normal, but a new normal for 2021. Jaslyn Hewitt. to talk tennis uh, I love the game and and Jaslyn Hewitt Tanasi Kokonakis we're seeing the rise and rise he was such a, a prodigious precocious talent and injury smashed him up yeah unfortunately he's been very injury plagued but it's been fantastic to see him come through qualifying at the Miami Open this week he won his last round uh, last night and uh, it's great to see that he's getting back into that form which previously had him at 69 in the world currently he's at 243 so he's got a long way to go but it's great to see him back back out in the court and enjoying it again he has uh, discussed his his issues when he was uh, injured um, about the uh, mental side of things as well, bat- battling anxiety and depression and and he's feeling like he's over that and in a really good place now. So that's a real strong positive there to have him uh, back out on court and winning. Yeah, that's really good news. Um, the Miami Open, there's a state of emergency there now. Um, I think it's due to spring break and the spread of COVID. So there's some real issues over there, isn't there? Yeah, so they've got the curfew and a lockdown uh, going on over there. So tennis, like we saw in the Australian Open, um, tennis isn't um, alone with this. Uh, Miami and the event organisers, the USTA, are battling through this. They've had a lot of withdrawals in the event. Serena Williams, Federer is not playing, Djokovic isn't playing, Nadal's not playing. So those big names, and that can really hurt 
uh, hurt your draw and your uh, appeal for the crowds and also broadcasting rights. But also having having a state of emergency and bringing in curfews, uh, you do wonder for the safety of the players. Yeah, it, with that though, it's starting to well not normalise, but looking like a, a newish style of normal. Ash Barty has decided to go, and COVID numbers are dropping in the US in a general way and in you know, in the UK anyway. Yeah, so it's great to see Ash back out on uh, on tour again. So she she's playing Miami, so a big name there in that event. Um, we've also got five New South Welshmen in the in the men's draw with Alexi Popper and Chris O'Connell, Jordan Thompson, James Duckworth, and uh, Demon himself. So Demon gets a bye first round, but the uh, other four all play first round in the coming coming days. Six men um, from New South Wales. They must have some good coaching staff out there, Jay. I'm quite proud to see them all come through. I mean, Thanasio was a strength and conditioning uh, coach back in Adelaide when he was a junior in our program and then watching uh, the other five guys from New South Wales come through over the time. In in the squad environment, I'm not taking any credit for their uh private coaching. A lot of our good coaches have done the work with them, but it's fantastic to track their progress and, and see where they're all come to now. Andy Murray just had his fourth child. There must be plenty of kicking and screaming and yelling and food being thrown around the house. So he's got out and he's got to go play tennis again. <laughs> Yes, no, he's finally escaped and been able to get on, get on the road. So Andy Murray uh, is out on court with Lloyd Harris, uh, the South African, uh, this week in his first round um, at the Miami Open. So it'll be interesting to see how his body pulls up um, in the Miami heat and and back uh, actually back on court playing again and putting his body through that load after the amount of surgeries he's had. Hey, uh, what's your tip? Uh, the, the five New South Welshmen, who do you think is going to go deepest in this tournament? Uh, it'll be very interesting. I mean, Demon's already got the advantage of being into the second round already. Uh, Jordan Thompson, he has had the bulging uh, disc in his neck. So as long as he can manage that, we've seen him go go deep in uh, Roland Garros into the uh, fourth round there. So we know what level Jordan's at. Um, probably the, the surface and the... Usually the uh, US hard court's a little bit quicker than the Australian hard court, so that would really suit Alexi Popperin with that big serve and big forehand. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised he plays Feliciano Lopez, a Spaniard, in the first round. But uh, if he's on fire with that serve and forehand first ball, um, definitely see uh, Alexi and Demon probably going the deepest. And then if Jordan can stay fit, um, yeah, I, w- I would probably expect a quarterfinal run from Geordie. This Frenchman, Ben Pair, he had a lot to say when he was out here. He's, he's, he's quite a, um, well, he's quite a quirky character. What do you make of him? <laughs> yeah, well, he's definitely showing that he is French, that's for sure. But uh, I think this time round, he's probably got his uh, wording a little bit more correct in what he's saying, just that the tour has changed. Um, it, it is a different life for them, not one that they actually signed up for, knowing that I'm going to, my goal is to be a tennis player and this is my passion and, and love for the sport. Um, the goalposts have changed for them. Um, so in that in that sense of it, I do, I do feel for him because it is a, a hard life when you're out there on your own and you may not be able to afford to have your private coach travel with you and your support team. And if you've got a family, you, you're probably going to be away from them from, uh, for a long duration. We can see with the Australians at the moment, most of them have already left um, and, 
a lot of them probably won't be back until after the US Open, just given the two weeks quarantine that they're going to have to do when they come come back uh, to Australia and then try to get fit again to then head on the road. The, the tight calendar that the uh, tennis has with the WTA and ATP Tour from now leading up to French Open in April, May, and then June, July, Wimbledon, and then August you've got uh, – uh, the US Open plus uh, the Olympics in there in between as well. So there's not actually too much time that you can afford to have a two-week quarantine coming back to Australia either. Jazz, just quickly, um, how's Ash Barty's mindset? She had a, a real up-and-down summer here and um, and she's been one, what appears from the outside anyway, not keen to really travel to these COVID risk areas. How's her mindset at the moment, do you think? Yeah, I mean, it was a little bit disappointing summer. She did have a great Aussie Open, but then she was injured during the Adelaide tournament. So it was, we didn't probably get to see the best of Ash that we we had wanted to see um, and expected to see. And that's always the added pressures of playing um, in at home in Australia. Mm. And I think I think she's always had her great results overseas. A lot of a lot of our players have had that. Um, and it's it's probably just the release of pressure that you're actually overseas okay. and amongst it and and get into the tournaments. So um, she does have some some tough uh, competitors this week with Osaka and Halep st- still in the draw in Miami. Um, but uh, no, it'll be interesting. In her second round, she plays the winner of two qualifiers. So that's that's a nice first round to, to play, someone that hasn't actually got gained direct acceptance into the main draw. So hopefully that first round will get her, uh, get her rhythm and timing in that match and then we'll see her fly. Yeah, she won it last year. And, uh, yeah, positive steps for Ash Barty. Still no Nick Kyrgios in an air- aircraft, but uh, we'll have to watch that space. Definitely. No, we'll, we'll hold with uh, weighted breath until Nick actually hops on the plane. Um, hopefully he'll be over there for, for the French Open and look to peak for that one. But, again, it is a long time on tour for our for our players. And we do have to understand that they're leaving everything uh, for about nine months. But uh, we do have uh, our soldiers and um, – Army, army personnel that do the same with leaving their family as well. So, yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. And and look, they're relatively well remunerated, particularly if they do well. So, uh, yeah, there's a reasonable carrot um, at the end of that rainbow. Jazz, great to chat. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Coming up on afternoon sport. Well, 15 years since he won. The gold in the Commonwealth Games in Melbourne, John Stephenson. As a professional sports person, I knew the value of a good coach. And being a business owner is no different. With the Business Coach from Growth Workshop, you can build the business you've always dreamed of. A valuable business that runs by itself. If you need to take control of your future with a winning strategy, Growth Workshop specialises in improving your cash flow, developing sales and marketing strategies to drive revenue, and getting those ideas out of your head into an action plan. Growth Workshop will help you develop a business plan and achieve your financial goals with regular guidance from our experienced team. Whether you want to drive revenue with a new marketing strategy or put the right team and systems in place, we'll help you free up from the day-to-day and allow you to grow your business. We can help. Get in touch with Growth Workshop Business Coaching at growthworkshop.com.au to book in for your no-obligation strategy session. Growth Workshop, turning your good idea and hard work into a valuable asset. If you only heard what happens when the mics aren't recording, John Stephenson is one of, and he's with us now, of course, one of the great moaners of all time. Have you have you got a defence on that? One of the greatest whinging moaners I've ever heard. 
I just don't know where you get off the audacity you have just because you have the first say in introducing me that you can just throw out this line that I'm the one that's upset today. You can't do that, Tim. You're projecting. You're the one that's upset. I'm I'm over the moon. You've come to the table. It's rainy, and you've come to the table cranky. Oh, I'm really I'm, I'm really really happy, Timmy. Oh, How yeah, are you, man? You. Just oh. look, let me, you're let pushing me. that. You're pushing that smile. You're just pushing that. I am so happy. I am over the moon. Okay. All right. Let's 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 talk Michael Jordan because let's there talk is Michael grounds. Bolton. Yeah, Michael Bolton. Yeah, that, that is a blast from the park. There's our, there's our producer, Dan McHugh, just injecting a bit of his karaoke magic from the past. But Michael Jordan, he's probably got every reason to be upset because he's had a property on the market for, for nine years and hasn't been able to sell it. Uh, it's currently sitting at $19 million, but we can't have too much sympathy for him. Can we, John? Oh, well, well, Michael, I, I'm, I'm as happy as Michael Jordan right now trying to sell his house. No, no, it's a beautiful house. For those who haven't seen it, jump on the internet and have a look. It's uh, it's quite contemporary. It's my style of house. Beautiful gymnast. Oh, it looks like it's got a fitness first in it. Beautiful full-size basketball court, like a proper indoor basketball court. It's brilliant. Um, yes, yeah, so look, Michael's obviously been trying to sell his house. This is a house that him and his wife bought back in uh, – Back in the early days when he when he first made it big on in the basketball game, obviously he split with his former wife. Now he's got a new partner, lives in a $12 million mansion in Florida. And he first tried to sell this mansion for $35 million. Now, if you if you have a look at it and you go on the internet, it's got Michael Jordan pretty much plastered everywhere on this house. The, the double gates as you drive into the estate has 23 on it. I just don't know if you have that amount of money to spend, which is now down to $90 million. If you, unless you are a pure Michael Jordan fan or a lover of basketball, would you'd want to live in your day-to-day residence with Michael Jordan pretty much looking down at you at every turn you make in the house. You know what I mean? I'm sure there'd be a Michael Jordan freak or fanatic out there that would want that. But it's interesting, isn't it? The the the, the backstory to this whole thing is that there's a reason why he can keep it on the market for 19 mil when you're worth 1.5 bill. Or one point six bill. It's like a it's like a flick out of the ashtray for him. Well, it just has you scratching your head, right? You're like, like man, sell it, give it away to charity, man. Like you know what I mean? Like you I know you wouldn't, but it's it's just it's more just like like what does this mean to him, really? You know, like how much money is too much money, you know? But hey, they say like your your, your taste change, your expenses change, and you make more money. So who knows? But I think it's a lovely house. Um, I'm sure now that it's getting a bit of you know. Uh, advertisements around and people we're talking about it now that you know like you said there might be a basketball nut or a Michael Jordan uh, uh, fanatic who want to buy that place but it's beautiful I like it it's a nice place yeah 19 million Johnny you got a lazy 19 mil can you but can you believe it's 15 years ago since you took the Commonwealth Games gold medal it was the moment of the games of 2006 and you know I'm a dear friend of yours and I hate to give you a rap but it was it was an extraordinary moment it was the moment of the games it lit up the crowd a packed MCG that night it seems like yesterday when that hairdo sort of styled on Tito or Jermaine Jackson and you just you know you just lit up the track <laughs> Tim, you so eloquently described the the events of that night. <laughs> no, it was awesome. It was, it was. I think it was really sort of the outcoming of you know the Stephenson sprinting era for me, and and to do it at home. Everybody wanted that Kathy Freeman moment. If you're an athlete, you know it it, it encapsulated all of our wildest dreams. Watching Kathy win at the Sydney Olympics in 2000. So to have that opportunity again in front of home crowd at the G. 
in front of 90,000 plus people. I mean, that was stuff, mm. you know, dreams are made of. So, I mean, that really catapulted me to actually start making some cash in the sport and to build a bit of a brand and to become a bit of a name within households and to be able to really be sitting here talking to you, doing the podcast and, uh, and uh, talking about other people and, and their sporting feet. So, um, it's all that moment you 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 work your backside off for to try and achieve, but um, it was amazing. I'll tell you a funny story. Yesterday I'm driving the car mm. and I get this I get this um this this text. Dee, 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 dee. Yeah, I got the and, and I looked at the phone and it said Happy 50th Anniversary for my mate in Perth. And I'm thinking, I've only been with Mrs. for ten years. I'm going, did I did I forget? The anniversary i'm thinking hang on a minute and then i'm thinking no nah, no nah, we've only been together for 10 years and i think why does he think him and i have an anniversary <laughs> like i started go what what do you mean 15 years brother like i know we're good boys we're boys but 15 years and then he sent a metal emoji and then i thought oh and i thought it's march and i looked at the date on my phone it said the 22nd of march and then he clicked that it was 15 mm. years to the day that that i was able to uh to win the 400 meters and become Commonwealth champion. So, yeah, I completely forgot about it. But looking back at photos last night, I posted some stuff on Instagram and then people started posting videos of the race. And, um, yeah, it's, it's super cool. I'm so blessed, man, the career I had in my running. As a young kid that started at 20 from immigrant parents, immigrated here from South Africa, um, I would never have thought, let alone make one Olympic Games, let alone win a medal, let alone become Commonwealth champ, let alone do the things I did, I, I would never have thought that would be a possibility, but it, it proves, man, and I said this yesterday to somebody, if you have a strong belief in yourself and you stay dedicated and focused, man, you, you're, you're pretty much unbeatable, man. So as long as you have a good work ethic, you should be able to achieve anything you put your mind to. You nailed it. Congratulations. And I, and I say that quite genuinely. I really do, and it's heartfelt when I do say it. I do want to change tack slightly, though, and, and sort of say, with the attitude, was it there before or after? Was it was? Did you have the attitude? Like the other day, like you're talking about Insta posting some stuff and we were tic-tacking the other day about your new sprint clinics which are going to be exceptional through the Easter school holidays in Sydney and Roger Fabris who of course has been linked up with but you had a crack at me for putting it on the wrong social like yeah I'm lucky to operate these things right and, and, I, and I put something out there for your clinic on Twitter and, you, and rather than say thanks Tim you're not a bad guy you're not a bad guy hey mate why didn't you go the gram <laughs> well, this, this, this definitely happened <laughs> but who uses Twitter, man? I know you're an older vintage, but like the go-to is the gram first. I shouldn't have to spell it out to you. You go gram, then you go Twitter. So all I was saying to you is, hey, my dude, just, just you know, maybe just hit the gram first and then we can get the Twitter when we get to it. But you kind of felt very strongly about it. I get this abusive text back from Tim saying, you know, a thank you and uh, well done, Tim would be <laughs> Well, that's that's what generally happens. I, I, should, I should have talked to one of the kids and say, can I put something up on TikTok? Dee, 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 dee. Johnny's got some running. Speaking yeah. of TikTok, you know what I'm about to say. Mm. Oh, wow, there's a new one out. Yeah, well, I'll look, I'll look for that. Now, I do want to change subjects. Valtteri Bottas didn't do the TikTok, but he ripped his kit off. What, what, what's going on with this doco? <laughs> Valtteri did the OnlyFans. Oh, my God. He was... No, he was um, those that don't know, there's a super cool Formula One series called Drive to Survive, and it's on Netflix. And it basically follows the season that was in Formula One. And mm. in the Valtteri, they're discussing sort of his role rivalry with Lewis Hamilton, his position within the McLaren AMG team. And so they're following him behind the scenes, and he's at his home and his personal residence, and he's with his manager, and he walks into 
the backyard and the backyard has a very famous kind of, I guess you saw the lifestyle in Finland where he's from, where there's a bit of an outdoor sauna and then there's the lake. Um, but he completely goes in the nude and all of a sudden you watch mm. it and you just see butt cheeks. Like out of nowhere, you just see this, these really fluorescent white butt cheeks. Like it, it's, it's kind of intense, you know what I mean? But That's what I always say to my, I always say to my kids on, on that subject, I always say to my kids, be prepared to buy stuff on Gumtree. Don't do it on Bumtree because everything on it's got a crack. But get back to your story. That's a dad joke. That was horrible. And hope Dan, please edit that out. That was horrible. If you can, please just, just press pause. It's staying in. Oh. It's got to stay in. Come on, back back to Botus's buttock. Come on, what what happened? So Ricardo got got stuck into him, basically just having a bit of a laugh and and mm. and, and taking the Mickey out of the fact that he was nude on TV and sort of saying he was, you know, you need to wear glasses if you if you watch this episode because Bottas is fluorescent. Why? I I think it's a bit harsh, and and I'm not going to make a joke out of this because if you know the culture of the Scandinavian culture, this is very much what they do. They rip their kid off. They rip their kid off. If you go to a day spa, you go to a sauna, you go to a cold tub, or they, what they call is, is sort of like their retreat, their retreat, you've got to go naked. And I remember the first time I ran in Holland, I was staying at this hotel, and I went in with, with some underwear, and they said, no, you've got to remove your underwear. Everybody goes nude. And it was it was quite like a revelation for me. I was quite taken back on because it's such a, it's not part of our Australian culture. So I can understand where Ricardo was coming from, like, like that he was like, wow, that was pretty, you know, intense to sort of see this sort of behavior. But in the Scandinavian countries, it's perfectly normal. They find it way more hygienic mm. to be sort of nude. And it, it is, yeah, and everybody co-mingles, male and female, and they go in and they, they, mm. it's quite normal. And um, so I can understand for Bodice, he didn't see anything wrong with that, and he jumped in there, and the next minute you've seen butt cheeks. So, yeah. There you go. So, John, um, do you fancy a trip to Finland? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sounds like a good joint to go to. It does get a little bit chilly on the edges. Um, mate, just, just finishing, Shane, Shane Van Gisbergen, that was brilliant, wasn't it? Like, for him to come back from that surgery on his collarbone to roar back. He's won five straight, the Kiwi. Don't be talking about no roar back straight after straight after Valtteri Bottas. Listen, he was absolutely magnificent. Like, I rate him. I picked him that this guy should win the championship this year. Wow. Wow and wow. He entered – I talked about it last episode about him having a broken collarbone and mountain biking and all that sort of stuff. There was big doubts whether he would race on the weekend. Uh, he had a bit of trouble through qualifying. We sort of put him in the back of the grid. Um, following race one and he basically stormed from 17th position all the way to win the race and the moves that he pulled to win the race was unbelievable um it's just and he then went on to the sunday to win the the, the second race but just you know everything that he did um uh and how he conducts himself as a race car driver the zone that he's in at the moment um how focused he is um behind the wheel with his not only behind a v8 but when he when he raced in the New Zealand GP. Um, he came from last in New Zealand GP to win the New Zealand GP. Um, this guy is in, in his zone. He's, in, he's, he's focused. Um, it was a magnificent drive, and it, it's going to be very, very hard for the other team. He could possibly – I predict the season look how Lewis Hamilton looked last season, where it just was Lewis Hamilton, the rest, you know, fourth for second, third and fourth. It's really up to Shane to lose or for him to have a really bad car setup. Now, I just don't think that'll happen because Triple Eight Racing is, is is such a well-old oil machine. Um, I just think it's going to be SBG and Daylight will be second this year. But he was magnificent at Sandown. Um, beautiful all, through all three races. And, mm. uh, and it, mind you, it was very wet. 
but damn, can he drive in the wet? Wow. Oh, absolutely. John, congratulations on all that uh, success 15 years ago, and you've only got better with age. And tell you what, you've only got better with your mood. So you started you started with the Tom Tits, and now you're very, very happy. Tim, I don't need you to psychoanalyze me between every podcast, okay? I'm just, for all the listeners out there, I'm doing really, really fine. Tim is projecting. Love you, John. Good afternoon. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Hit subscribe on your podcast app so you don't miss it. A big thank you to Jaslyn Hewitt and to John Stephenson. And, of course, our great sponsors, Shane. Our great sponsors, Spartan Sports, www.spartansportshq.com. And thank you to our wonderful producer, Dan McHugh. We'll be back tomorrow afternoon with your daily dose of sport. See you then, guys. Take care.